Well, this company, we're doing the same for saddles. The saddle arrives, it has like a, a port in it that you plug so in. So you put your arse into the oven. <laughs> <laughs> if a car close passes him, they basically get their car keyed. Or if he cycles past the school, it just turns into a massacre. <laughs> he just starts slitting throats. How could anyone troll me? It's mainly you're pleasant. just getting chatted up on your DMs. I'm getting a lot Twitter. of people sliding into my DMs. <laughs> Welcome to the Romance Cycling Podcast. My name is Anthony Walsh and six days a week, we bring you an inspiring person or message to help you on your journey towards health, happiness and longevity. Now let's get into the show. It's episode 639 of the Roadman Cycling Podcast. It's Friday and Sarah's back in the hot seat with newbie questions. Let's cue that intro. We are brought to you today by Athletic Greens AG1. This magical green powder of 75 pristinely sourced vitamins and minerals supports your gut health, immune function, and it helps with energy, recovery, focus, and even anti-aging. These are a few of the many reasons that AG1 has become a staple part of my routine. First thing, every morning into a cold glass of water. AG1 saves me time and money by taking all the guesswork out of what vitamin stack I should be using to help optimize my health. So you can reclaim your health with convenient daily nutrition. It's easy. One scoop in a cup of water every day. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free year's supply of immune-supporting vitamin D plus five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com forward slash roadman. That's athleticgreens.com forward slash roadman to take ownership of your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. The link and all the details for this offer are in today's show notes. Roadman, welcome back. I hope everybody shaking off the Christmas slumber and is bounding into the new year. Speaking of bounding into the new year, Sarah. Hello. Yes, I am. I'm highly energized from the first week of January. Not at all depressed that it's it's January. What are you depressed about? Uh, like, it's not exactly like you've a lot of work January, to do. <laughs> January is a bit of a hell month. You just kind of want to get through it. For me, I won't be happy until it's St. Patrick's Day. That's when the summer is kind of is in sight and we're ready. When I'm done with winter now, done. We've decided on a new work strategy that we took a little bit of time over the Christmas holiday period to reflect on the sustainability of the podcast six days a week. And the problem with it is it's difficult. It's not so bad for Sarah because she only has one podcast to do a week. Two. More so for me where I have four, you know, then the newbie questions, five, that... I need to be living and having experience as well to inform these conversations, reading new stuff, visiting places, art galleries, towns, having adventures to inform conversations or to get stale. So we came up with a pretty, I think it's a pretty novel new concept of working three weeks on and one week off. I'm really excited about this. I I think he did a podcast on it during the week and it's this big sprint effort for the three weeks and then a deload period for it the last week and a reflection kind of time on what we did right, what we did wrong. And I agree with you, Anthony. It's, you know, you do forget in the busyness of getting episodes out all of the time that, you know, it can become quite stale unless you're out there actually living life. See, the problem is for the big podcasters, I'm in no way bracket myself to one of the big <laughs> podcasters, but if you look at Rogan, Rich Roll, they're quite prolific in the amount of episodes they put out for them. But even the most prolific, which is probably Joe Rogan, 
he puts out two, max three episodes a week. We're putting out six a week. So there's not a lot of space for other activities in six a week. Yeah, we're not having much fun, are we? It's just <laughs> it's work, all work, work, work. <laughs> uh, in other news, Unbound have banned gravel aero bars. What do you make of this move? I don't know. I I think that this is a good move. I think aero bars and gravel, I don't know, is it in... As somebody who's not able to ride aero bars, it probably affects you very little. As <laughs> somebody who hasn't imagine, got the skills to get into aero bars. Imagine we do a gravel ride on aero bars. <laughs> It'd be absolute pure mayhem. <laughs> if you ever see, if anyone ever sees me on aero bars on a gravel bike, stay well clear, well away. Keep a radius of about 50 meters. It's like your virgin's waiting in heaven for you and you're just waiting to detonate <laughs> the entire field in a sort of terror or suicide bomb explosion. What do you think of the Arabar thing? I don't think there's a, there's a place for them in the, in the pro uh, gravel scene. I just think, nah. nah. Go away with your rules. Use what you want. Use Arabar as you want. Because I'll be using Arabar when I rock my new factor. Oh, yes. Factor. Tell us all about this. Yeah, look, look, pretty big deal. Yeah, we have a new sponsor on the podcast, uh, Factor, and which is amazing because it's basically my dream bike. So I was trying to play it cool, like, yeah, no, it's it's not about the bikes. It's definitely about the bikes. It's about these bikes and it's multiple bikes. Road bike, gravel bike, mountain bike, all Factor, which means there's a little bit of hand-me-down coming, Sarah. Happy days. I'll take whatever I can get. So we're going to see you rolling around on some new whips over the next couple of months. Hopefully, hopefully. And you might see some shiny pictures over on Twitter because that's where we're hanging out these days, trying to aggregate or congregate the podcast audience into having more of a two-way dialogue rather than me and Sarah just shouting down a well and nobody can shout back at us. We're having more of a iterative conversation process over on Twitter. Anthony, it took you about six months to convince me to get, you know, stuck into Twitter. I've always been a little bit cautious of Twitter. I'm on Instagram, I'm on TikTok. I, you know, post up there occasionally, but I've always been a little bit afraid of Twitter because I don't don't know, do I have that many interesting things to say? And I'm afraid of, you know, Twitter's kind of famous for the amount of hate that you get. I'm looking forward to when you start getting trolled on Twitter. (laughs) I don't know how I will how I'll deal with that at all. But look, we'll deal with that as we. How can anyone troll me? I'm it's mainly you're just getting chatted up on your DMs. I am at the getting a, a lot Twitter. of people sliding into my DMs. <laughs> it's cool. My ego is absolutely sky high at the minute. So yeah, go over and check us out on Twitter. There's been some amazing conversations over there. I put up on one of my comments yesterday about you know incidents that people have had with motorists or on the road that has been you know, uh, you know, scary or dangerous. I mean, I spoke about it a couple of months ago when I was out with a leading a group ride and um, some absolute gurrier threw a glass bottle out of the car at us and it smashed in front of us and caused absolute chaos. And I put this question up on Twitter and it, the response was unbelievable. A lot of people out there have GoPro footage of close passes and dangerous things. One guy <laughs> was, telling, was telling me in the comments, that he puts one of those, you know, swimming noodles, 1.3 meters out from, you know, the width of his bike. So obviously the safe passing distance is 1.5. And at the end of that noodle, he puts a blade. So if, if a car close passes him, you know, is encroaching on his space, they basically get their car keyed. Or if he cycles past a school, it just turns into a massacre. He just starts slitting throats because it's like the perfect height to slit a child's throat. Yeah. Do you think that that's a bit extreme? 
I don't think there's anyone out there that doesn't think that's extreme. It's <laughs> it, it's like Section 3 assault. <laughs> Chopping it on a legal term there. Oh, yeah, absolutely. We might be delighted that seven years of law <laughs> school wasn't wasted that, yeah, right there. Exactly, that degree on the wall. Um, but yeah, look, go over and check out the Twitter page. It's gas. And there's also loads of knowledge bombs dropped by Anthony. I'm just kind of being a little bit of a, an idiot over there and having a bit of a giggle. Have you got any questions for me this week? Or are we on a New Year hiatus? No, no, we have some questions. They've been coming in thick and fast as per usual. <sighs> question one, Anthony, we get this a lot and we may have covered it in the past, but the questions keep coming in about it and it's about tires. So question one, Anthony, what is the optimum tire width and pressure for a gravel bike? It's very generic there, isn't it? Is. It is. It's one of those, Sarah, what's the optimum length for a piece of string? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's one of those impossible to answer questions. Uh, I suppose it depends on the type of event you're riding. So if you think about some hard packed gravel that you're not going to sink into too much, a narrower tire like a 35 or a 38 is a nice tire. If it's something wider or sandy, you want to have a wider base so you don't sink into it. So you might go as wide as like a 44. I'm rolling around as my everyday tire on a 42 mil tire. And if I'm running that on the road, I'm normally running it at about 60 PSI, which is basically rock hard on the road. Whereas if I go off road, I'll drop that down to about 32 PSI. But I think we mentioned a couple of weeks ago, check out the Silka website because they have a tire pressure calculator where you put the brand of your tire in, the type of terrain you're on, and it'll spit back out your ideal pressure, which is brilliant. But yeah, there's no ideal tire for every surface. And that was kind of highlighted with that event up in Oldcastle we rode last week because that had tarmac, sand, muck, gravel and at some point in that like there was no perfect bike there was no perfect tire for that event mm. yeah and just to go back to the Selco website it's you know you put in your weight you put in your wheel diameter your tire width it's really really cool it spits out actually what your front tire should be and your back tire mine was uh, you know slightly different on the front and the back um for that race which was really really good information the thing that happened to me in Oldcastle was because there was so much mud and there was a lot of leaves but in between my wheel and the fork just kept getting clogged all of the time with people with smaller you know tire width didn't ha seem to have that problem but then I'd clear that I'd be fine I'd be rolling again and I'd see them 10 minutes later and they'd have a puncture so it's yeah, like, and also there's other parts of that where the narrower tire, I've seen people run 35s and 36s and they definitely weren't getting clogged in the mucky sections because I ran 43s, I think. They weren't getting clogged in the mucky sections as I was. But a cool trick actually for getting clogged in the mucky sections to have a little stick. I found this out after about 15k getting clogged, had a little stick and just like holding that and running it through my tire and clearing it as I'm moving so I didn't have to stop so much. You told me that afterwards. Like my brain wasn't functioning to think, you know, okay, I can probably use a tool. I was in the red for the entire thing so I couldn't even add two plus two at that stage. Never mind. <laughs> think of a problem solution like that. One more question before I move on from this, Ant. If um, this person wants to buy two tire widths because they're going to be doing different types of gravel races and different types of terrain. What are the two widths that you would suggest that they buy? Like to give them like a bit of, you know, wiggle room on each side. I think like a 38 and maybe a 44. Okay, there you have it. Okay, cool, good stuff. Question number two. Anthony, wait till you hear this, we're in trouble. 
I have a problem with the term roadman. Why is the name of the company and podcast focused on man and men? I thought all this sexist shite had passed and we're now in a new enlightened era. Explain, please. And that's from Karen. No, it's not from Karen. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to say the person's name. <laughs> that, that, that was a question that came up on your Twitter, was it? It's kind of has popped up sporadically over the since we changed the company's name from A1 coaching to roadman cycling this has kind of popped up a couple of times and uh, we don't want to offend anybody by calling it roadman um i think roadman is generic right it's a generic well actually i'm not sure if i've ever told the story how the idea or the name came about so i was in the ross i think in 2017 the ross is the irish uh, eight-day race i was riding beside my training partner robbie john he was riding for another team at the time and the two of us were just riding on the front for, you know, hours. Just, I was trying to, we both had a mutual interest to get a breakaway back for that day for our sprinters and our jerseys. And we were just riding, just the two of us for a long time, trading off 10 minutes, 10 minutes, 10 minutes, 10 minutes, swapping on and off. And even though we were training partners and we were good buddies, we'd hardly talked all day because it was freezing cold and it was pouring rain. And at one point he rolled past me to do a turn as the rain was the heaviest of the day. And he just looked across at me and smiled as I'd muck all over my face and said, just a pair of road men, isn't it? And <laughs> I was like, that's so cool. And I was like, I definitely <laughs> want to use that at some point. And then we wanted to rebrand the company and we were looking around at brands that had built tribes quite well and community and Ironman Triathlon was one of those. So we never thought, I would never think of Ironman as a male brand. It's a, you know, neutral gen, uh, sexual brand. So yeah. I taught Roman, Iron Man. And yeah, it was only when I had a podcast, I think with Sammy Sowery, where she asked at the start about it and I gave that same kind of explanation. That was the first time I actually ever even thought of it. Mm-hmm. We, I think as well, this kind of gender neutral feeling, like, you know, apparently you're not supposed to use the word actress anymore. You're supposed to use actor for absolutely everything. There's loads of instances where the female version of the word is gone. So I don't know. I, I love the term roadman and I consider myself a road man. <laughs> and I'm definitely a woman. The other thing is that we got a complaint in last week because I said uh, when we were wrapping up last year for New Year's Eve that the best piece of advice that you can get is watch the good lads. Now, somebody wrote in very angry about that saying that, uh, you know, it should be watch the good people, it should be watch the good girls, it should be watch the good women. And look, these are just terms that we use. It's not meant to offend anyone or anything like that. Question number three, Anthony, I am in the market for new road shoes. Should I go for boa, laces or Velcro? I'm also in the market for new road shoes. Uh, lent Sarah my spare shoes and she walked around in the nice carbon soles. My Bont Vapor Plus aren't looking as well as they used to. So... Uh, it kind of depends on what your goals are. If your goal is aerodynamics, you know, that shoe I just mentioned there, Bont Vapor Plus are super fast shoe. I think they're the fastest shoe on the market. Laces are a little bit more aero than boas, but if you're going to wear shoe covers over them or not, I think of a lot of it boils down to pressure. I personally, for a long time, didn't like the idea of the boa when I had a single boa closure. I felt like there was a lot of pressure isolated on one area on the foot and it kind of made my foot sore. So when I moved to laces on the gravel shoe, it was really nice because there's an even distribution of pressure all the way up the foot, which is really, really nice. And the laces don't open. So I'd be a big, big fan of laces. Not really a fan of 
lycra or velcro, velcro straps at all on the on the shoes they I've look pony only had them once they do but the new physique ones have a half boa half velcro closure on their gravel shoe and it looks cool okay yeah i'm with you on i don't have laces i've only ever used boa but you definitely do feel the points of pressure in the two areas that the boa constricts <laughs> so yeah i'm gonna say laces you think laces? Yeah, it's kind of a little bit controversial because not that many people wear laces, but there's some really nice lace-up shoes. Giro do some lovely lace-up shoes. Yeah, I think there's something cool about the laces. Anthony, question number four. What is your race schedule for next year? Not that I'd be much competition to you, but I'd like to sign up for some events that you deem good quality and worth attending. If it's good enough for you, then I want a piece of it. That's from Andrew. Oh my God, I, I don't know off the top of my hand what the race schedule is. There's some cool events I really want to do. I would love to go back and do Rift again. I know you've no real interest in going into Iceland again, sir, and it is quite expensive, but it's nice to go back and do a race the second time because you kind of know what to expect from Especially it. Especially because you had a bit of a hard day at the office with, the, with your GIT. Yeah, I didn't really get to race it much last year. So I'm undecided about that one. There's the immigration race out in Kenya and the evolution race, which I'm hopeful to do. That's in the middle of the summer. Uh, Badlands again in September which I'm really excited about Gravel Grinder which we done last year and maybe getting across to some of the UCI gravel races and the track out over in Girona will be a cool one as well I'm also going to sprinkle in for the first time in a few years uh, some road races in Ireland I love road racing so I will throw in a couple of road races I definitely won't be lining up every single weekend like I used to and blowing my entire weekend road racing. We have to go to those farmer's markets now, you know, yeah, walk the do, dog, yeah. go to the beach. Well, uh, what I am, sorry to interrupt you before okay. I finish on that one, what I am really excited about, because it's the first time I've ever, ever done it, I'm going to race a mountain bike as well next year. And I haven't even got a mountain bike. My mountain bike skills are atrocious. So <laughs> I'd be in the category of, if you see Sarah in the aero bar, stay clear. If you see me at a mountain bike race, <laughs> because there's a couple I have my eye on, Leadville over in the US uh, is a cool mountain bike race. And some of the other lifetime Grand Prix ones are really interesting as well. Okay, super. Um, and on picking races, my coach, Coach Aaron, um, he has been putting me under a lot of pressure to put some stuff into the calendar for this year. If anyone has any gravel races in the UK or Europe that they would highly recommend that are a little bit out there we may not have heard of get over onto Twitter and let me know of them and um, I'm gonna I'll definitely check them out we've we have a little bit of a lack of gravel races in Ireland at the moment I think so we're yeah, I don't know if willing a, to travel I don't know if there's a calendar that aggregates them all as well I think I asked before but yeah. I'm not sure where that is so definitely pop us a message and let us know where that is because I'd love to head over and do some of the crazy ones like I've Alex Howe is coming back on the podcast again in the next couple of weeks and he's doing some wild stuff next year as he transitions out of world tour like the tour divide which I think is 3,000 miles down the US and there's some crazy events like that that are I definitely wouldn't rule out for next year especially with our new three week on one week off working <laughs> arrangements and if you're riding in about a 3,000 mile race for me just don't bother <laughs> Okay, we move on to tech. Finish her up with tech. Okay, so Anthony, you know I'm obsessed with saddles. It's, I mean, I talk about saddles every single week with you and we've seen the rise of 3D printing in saddles over the last couple of years. And with pressure mapping on saddles and 3D printing, we're actually able now to create these like amazing saddles that traditional manufacturing would never have been able to 
produce. But a Canadian company are actually bringing it one step forward. This brand is actually called Reform. And they have this carbon fiber saddle that you custom mold in your own home. So you know the way, like those bond shoes that we discussed that I ruined on you, you, when you got them, you put them in the oven, right? And you, you heated them up, then you put them on, let them cool down, all that kind of stuff. And they were specifically surrounding your foot in like the most perfect way. Well, this company are doing the same for saddles. Saddle arrives, it has like a, a port in it that you plug so in. So you put your arse into the oven. <laughs> So, <laughs> sorry, struggling to keep it together here. So, so this saddle comes with a a port in it that you plug in, and it heats up the saddle, and it makes the saddle more pliable. Then you hop, you you know, you put the saddle on your on your bike and what you do is you pedal for I think it's six minutes first in like your normal position and then for the following 10 minutes you kind of go down on the drops you get up on the hoods and you kind of move around in that little bit so basically indent the perfect bum shape onto this saddle I think that this is really really cool because I think that saddles and bum shapes and pedals and pedal strokes and pressures they're like fingerprints so you can now have this custom saddle at home all I'm thinking about is what type of saddle J-Lo would have. <laughs> I just think there's some stuff has gone too far and this has just gone too far. Oh, stuff. Okay, we're going to have Karen writing back in again next week if you're not careful. Anyway, if you want to check this out, the company is called Reform. It's about $399. What a bargain. <laughs> uh, but you can send the adapter, the charger or whatever it is, the... The, the plug back and you'll get a refund of 40 quid for it. And I think you, it's amazing. And I think if you're born so your arse, don't end up writing a letter <laughs> into us because we just don't want to hear about it. Uh, thanks for tuning in. We're back. Our Sarah's back at least tomorrow again with her solo cast and then I'm back again on Monday into the usual cadence. Robin, right safe. Chat to you all then. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. Have you ever wondered how good you could actually be? Each of us has a unique set of circumstances with work, family and social obligations, but we also want to fulfill our potential in cycling. Okay, okay, maybe you won't ever win the Tour de France, but for most of us, this is what cycling is about. So let us build you the perfect training plan around your lifestyle that's totally unique to you and will help you finally realize your cycling dreams. So whether you're just getting started on the bike or if you're a more seasoned cyclist, we have a suitable coach for you. So why not schedule a call with us and we can have a chat about how we can help you go further than you ever dreamed of in your cycling and fitness goals. Go to roadmancycling.com forward slash contact or pop me an email directly to sarah at roadmancycling.com.